G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as you know, there is always significant controversy when it comes to those uh, areas of land around Israel uh, that are sometimes described as occupied territories with Palestinian residents. And that may not be a terminology that everybody agrees with, but we're going to talk a little about those territories. I'm talking about a couple called the West Bank and Gaza, and of course East Jerusalem. Now, these are sometimes disputed territories, uh, but there are a lot of activities that are going on and things that are very controversial in the news, even today as we speak. But let's get some insights into what is really going on with those sorts of territories. Sandra Ostabaris is director of the Israel Office for Christian Friends of Israeli Communities Heartland. She's an active spokesperson for the communities of Judea and Samaria. And in fact, she is the leading the only organization to focus exclusively on the communities in the heartland of biblical Israel and uh, those communities that we'd understand and know from the scriptures, Judea and Samaria. Sandra's joining us. Hello, Sandra. Welcome along to 2020. Oh, it's great to be here. Uh, Sandra, as we get things underway, uh, we are the national Christian broadcaster in Australia. You're leading an organization called Christian Friends of Israel Communities Heartland. Uh, tell us about your own faith, though, as we get our conversation underway. Okay, well, I'm actually um, in a unique position. I am personally an Orthodox Jew, and I'm Israeli. I live in Samaria, uh, and I represent the Jewish communities in Judea and Samaria, that same area otherwise known as uh, the West Bank, and our communities often referred to as settlements. I represent our communities to Christians from all over the world as part of this organization, Christian Friends of Israeli Communities. And I find over the years that I have developed amazing friendships with Christians who are so strongly motivated to love and support Israel, and particularly the communities in Judea and Samaria. I like to see our organization as a unique bridge that is being built between Christians and Jews in love and support of Israel. Well, Sandra, we like to talk about Israel because of the biblical foundations that we see and what is happening since 1948, uh, God re-establishing the nation of Israel. These couple of territories that we want to talk about today, and we'll talk about settlements, and there are important definitions and the way we talk about these sorts of words. But when we talk about West Bank, uh, some, sometimes people uh, describe those as occupied territories by Palestinians. But I know that's not necessarily legally the case, and certainly a lot of people in Israel don't see it that way. How do you see uh, this area just to just beside uh, East Jerusalem, uh, which is called West Bank, or what we'd call Judea and Samaria. How do you describe those territories? Well, first of all, if you look at the map, 
uh, the so-called West Bank actually is the entire central region of Israel, with Jerusalem at its center. It is south of Jerusalem, it is north of Jerusalem, uh, and we refer to these areas as Judea and Samaria, because these are the original biblical historical names for this area. The word West Bank was only given to the area beginning uh, in 1952, when Jordan annexed the area. Uh, and uh, Jordan actually illegally occupied it for 19 years. For us, it is Jewish land. It has always been Jewish land. And thanks to the amazing victory uh, in 1967 as a result of the Six-Day War, when we were attacked in the, from these areas by Jordan, uh, we were able to liberate this area and come home to it. And that's exactly what how I feel about this area. It is Jewish homeland that we have thank God, miraculously been able to come back to and live in once again. Now, if we come to what are very controversial things, because a lot of people everywhere talking about, in fact, nations polarized and divided on this whole issue of the Palestinians and Israel and the idea of one or two state solutions. And oftentimes they're talking about these territories that we're discussing today and controversially, there's been Israeli settlements uh, in these areas known as Judea and Samaria or the West Bank. Uh, how do you describe what's been happening with Israeli settlers building on that land? Well, I am one of those so-called Israeli settlers. And as I said, uh, to me, I'm, I'm not an occupier. I'm not an alien. I am indigenous to the land and I've come back to the land to live on it and to raise my family there. Uh, when we came to the land um, just after 1967, it was largely a very undeveloped land. I mean, there were Arabs living there, but if you look at it today uh, compared to what it was then, Israel has brought amazing blessing. And I, I guess if you want the really accurate God, blessed our efforts so that today we have not only new towns and cities and communities, but we have um, water and electricity both for the Arab populations and for the Jewish populations, and, and a lot of industrial development and agricultural development that was never there before that has actually blessed both people living there, both Jews and Arabs. Uh, I, I believe that if the Arabs were willing to live with us in peace and were willing to recognize that indeed the land of Israel is historically uh, Jewish land, there's room for them as well. And all of our communities were only built on empty land, land that did not belong to Arabs and uh, had never been developed or cultivated by them. Uh, and what we did is bring blessing to everybody, and we would like to continue doing that. Unfortunately, so many of our Arab neighbors uh, have treated us and, and have only reacted to our presence there with disdain, violence, terrorism. If we could get rid of that paradigm and move on to some kind of uh, mutual respect and cooperation, the entire area would be a blessing for all of us and for the entire world as well. Sandra, the world looks at the situation there and thinks that it's an easy solution. Surely there could be some sort of peaceful two-state solution. It's not as easy as that because uh, the Palestinians don't recognize Israeli as a state. And uh, there can never uh, easily be any sort of peace. How do typical Israelis, and as you say, you are, a settler in those territories, how do typical Israelis see the Palestinians and and their presence in the West Bank? Well, I, I am an eternal optimist. 
and I do believe that there are good people among the Palestinians, and that if we could only get rid of of the more violent extremist types and and the corrupt leadership, uh, we would find a way to engage with those people who would be willing to live with us in peace. But it's certainly not something that's going to happen overnight. And I think one of the biggest problems um, among those who have tried to find all these solutions is actually the word solution, Um, a, a, a situation that has been around for more than 100 years predates the state of Israel, a situation that is fed by the most extreme uh, version of um, Islam, uh, it's not something that's going to go away. It it needs um, re-education. It needs finding very bold and brave people who are willing to say, um, I'm willing to turn a new page and and look towards our Israeli neighbors with, uh, with kindness and peace as opposed to trying to murder them. Um, and so this is not something that's going to happen overnight, and uh, it's certainly nothing that can happen for as long as nations around the world continue to blame Israel for what is essentially the result of Arab um, stubbornness and violence and, and refusal to accept uh, Israel uh, as a part of the family of nations and, and, uh, and rightfully belonging in Israel, in the Middle East. Uh, so we have a long, a long process ahead of us. But it ain't going to be fixed overnight. No, it's not going to be fixed overnight. We'll continue to try and understand what's happening between Israel and Palestinians in just a few moments. We'll continue our conversation. Our guest is Sandra Osterbaris. She's director of the Israel Office for the Christian Friends of Israeli Communities Heartland. Back with more in just a short while. We're taking some time to try to understand some of the dispute Uh, some of the challenges that face Israelis and the Palestinians when it comes to what we would know as the West Bank and East Jerusalem and a lot of the controversy that you might see in the media to do with Israel has to do with these areas because Israeli settlers are building on that land that uh, some of the world community presumes is the property of the Palestinians and not of the Jews. Well, our special guest talking through some of these issues is Sandra Osterbaris. She's director of the Israel Office for the Christian Friends of Israel Communities Heartland. And as we've been saying, Sandra, this is a biblical precedent that is set here, that God says in the Bible that you should settle in the land. And very clearly, the West Bank is a part of what you'd understand as the biblical heartland of the Jewish people. Uh, because when we talk about uh, those names, when we talk about Judea and Samaria, those things are something that for our listeners are very common in our understanding of what is the Jewish land. How do you see the Jewish land and this biblical right to ownership to it? Well, first of all, I think you have to keep a perspective when it comes to Israel in general. It's not just that Judea and Samaria are a part of Israel. They're the heart of Israel. Our first introduction in the Bible to the land of Israel, it comes through the eyes of Abraham. God speaks to Abraham in Genesis 12 and commands him to leave his home and go to the land of God doesn't even tell him what it's called. He says, go to the land that I will show you. And his first stop in that land is at the Oak of Moreh near the place of Shechem. That's in the heart of Samaria. He gets up on that mountain, and he looks around, and from that mountain, by the way, I invite any of your listeners to visit with me there, and I will personally show them where Abraham stood and heard God's word. And God speaks to uh, Abraham and says, I will give this land to your children. He's standing up on that mountain. He's looking around. 
And it's clear at that moment that Samaria is the center of Israel. And from Samaria, Abraham can see the whole land. How can it possibly be, then, that there, the land of Israel would belong to the Jewish people, which, indeed, the nations of the world do recognize. It was recognized by the United Nations in 1948. How can it be that they recognize that Israel is the homeland of the Jewish people, and they don't recognize that the very place where that connection between the Jewish people and the land of Israel began is not part of of, of Israel. It just doesn't make any sense. And anyone who understands the geography, puts it together with our history, uh, with God's promises, with the biblical background of all of this, has to understand that Judea and Samaria must be part of, of Israel. So we have a 4,000-year history since Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, Mm -hmm. of course, the Jews were driven out of the land in AD 70, but foretold in the prophets uh, in the thousands of years before were this return to the land. And, of course, when we look at 1948, the restoration of the nation of Israel, we'd say that's an obvious fulfillment of a biblical prophecy. How do you see that prophecy and the right of uh, Jewish people, Israelis, to settle that whole land? Well, I think one of the things that was and has continued to be most exciting to me in my work with Christians is when I discovered that Christians recognize the fulfillment of biblical prophecy just the way or very similar to the way I and my people have all these centuries. You know, it's it's really our clinging to God's promises that he would one day bring us back to the land. The fact that we pray and have asked God, for 2,000 years, three times a day, uh, you know, God, please return us to the land of Israel. And this has always been our belief and our hope and, ac- and our expectation. We've always seen it this way. So for us, it's just a no-brainer. With the establishment of the state of Israel in 1948, that's the first step. And we're saying, oh, my gosh, you know, what God promised is actually being fulfilled before our very eyes. And then with this amazing, miraculous victory of the Six-Day War, six days Israel was able to go from being on the verge of extinction to liberating the heart of of biblical Israel. For us, that was just like step two of the miracle, and and there was such an outpouring of enthusiasm throughout the Jewish world. Um, There's no question that we are living in God's time right now, and God is, is finally, after all these years of waiting, God is really bringing to fruition everything that he promised, going back thousands of years. And that's really... Uh, I would say that the primary motivation of people like me for, for living in Judea and Samaria, because we feel that this is where God has placed his footprint. This is where he wants us to be, and he's just showing us the way. And we have to be spiritual idiots if we're not going to follow that path and go out and, and turn these, these opportunities into biblical realities. So no matter what the headlines might say, there is in fact a momentum for miraculous fulfillment of biblical prophecy. And so uh, all of the actions that you're talking about are in fact uh, in context, in light of the biblical prophecy, not so much the news headlines you might read. Let me just ask about the work that you do. I mean, you're a Orthodox Jew and you're the spokesperson for the Christian Friends of Israeli Communities Heartland. What sort of work do you do with settlers who are settling there in Judea and Samaria, or what we know as West Bank? Well, actually, my work dividing is divided into two different 
things, that, you know, two different areas. On the one hand, I'm reaching out to Christians all over the world and enabling them to understand why it is we're there. And, and in the same way that our conversation has gone today, reaching that kind of bridge, that kind of understanding that both Christians and Jews see biblical uh, ramifications for what we are doing in Judea and Samaria. And that creates great understanding and support from our Christian friends. And we are um, giving our Christian friends the opportunity to learn more, to come out and visit with us, and to also provide financial support for the people, the Jews, who are actually settling in the land and, and accomplishing so many wonderful humanitarian projects. Uh, and at the same time, I am reaching out to um, my colleagues and friends, the people who, like me, are living uh, in Judea and Samaria, and I'm offering them Christian support. I am, they, are, they have come to look to us, to CFOIC, as a, a source of assistance. When they need vital emergency equipment, when they need playgrounds for the children, when they need um, uh, equipment or funding for special education and, and regular education and uh, senior citizens, needy families, uh, the whole range of, of humanitarian needs, they, have, they come to us and they say, can you help us? And then I in turn turn to our Christian friends and, and we are able to provide that support. And as a byproduct of all of this, we are enabling Christians to better understand who we, the Jews, are. And I'm helping my Jewish friends better understand who the Christians are, creating um, a new reality that is really reversing centuries of anti-Semitism. And it's an amazing, that in and of itself is a sign that we have reached uh, the Messianic age and that, you know, a whole new world is opening up before us. So, Sandra, for listeners to our conversation today, you'd like to make friends with those listeners, no doubt, uh, because that's Absolutely. why you're here in Australia. Uh, you are talking about financial support. You are talking about something of a an emotional link also between Christians in Australia and those Jewish people who are settling in Judea and Samaria. Uh, is there a is there a way that uh, that people who are listening to our conversation today uh, can can actually uh, be more exposed to an emotional link to what you're doing? Absolutely. First of all, um, I want to encourage everyone to get on our website. It's cfoic.com. And there, you can, through our website, you can contact us. You can send an email. I will answer you personally. We have a volunteer representative here in Australia heading up all our work, Joy Halen, and uh, I would love to connect anyone who wants to get involved with her. She is based in Victoria but travels all over Australia, and that is a local way of connecting. And, of course, anyone who wants to come to Israel and see what we're doing, uh, anyone who wants to support us financially can do that online through our website as well. And really, just start with the website, and that opens a whole world to anybody who's interested in getting involved with what we are doing. Well, Sandra, thanks so much for taking some time to uh, share your heart on that and actually bring some clarity because uh, coming from your perspective, uh, it's heartening to know uh, that those uh, issues of biblical prophecy are just as much held by Orthodox Jews as what Christians, when we look at biblical prophecy and we see those things unfolding, uh, that we have those things in common. I'll point people to that website. It's www.cfoic.com. That stands for Christian Friends of Israeli Communities Heartland. at cfoic.com. Sandra Osterbaris, thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. 
Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.